This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the New Books Network. Good afternoon. My name is Brian Topher, Principal Architect of Topher Architecture, and you're listening to New Books Architecture, a podcast channel on the New Books Network dedicated to architecture and its publications. If you have any suggestions on authors who you'd love to hear me speak with next, feel free to send me an email at btopher at topherarchitecture.com. Today's guest is a returning guest. Uh, it's James Tate to talk about his book, The Architecture Concept Book. James is an architect, author, and educator. He is a contributing writer to the Architects Journal and a studio tutor at the Macintosh School of Architecture. James, thank you for being back here with me, and welcome again to the show. Thank you very much, Ben. Uh, my pleasure. So, of course, in the last episode, I asked you to tell us a little bit more about yourself, and we'd, I'd love to hear if there's anything that has come up since our last talk, but I was hoping to dive right in. And so, kind of the first question I want to ask you is, so this idea of a concept book, you know, so anyone who's been in architecture school for a few minutes has probably heard the term concept and probably feels that they're very familiar with it. So the question I have for you is, what led you to write a book about something that, in theory, and that's a leading question, that we all should be familiar with? Yeah, I mean, I think, to be honest, the the genesis of the book really was quite quite organic. Um, I mean, it was also brought about by by my circumstance at the time. I mean, um, the the start of the book was, was really in the middle of the last recession. Um, so pretty much about the, the end of end of 2010. Um, and I was out of work. I was living at my back at my parents' house and I was also <laughs> collecting my, my welfare check or, or as you as you would say and, and or, as we would say sorry in the UK our, our dole money. Um, and I was really just looking to keep my mind active and, and thinking about architecture. So um, I started sketching thoughts um, and ideas every day, um, relatively randomly. Um, eventually, I found work in, in, in London, um, but I felt like I'd, I'd started something and I wanted to, to really keep it going. Um, it was also writing down these thoughts and sketches and ideas was also a really good creative outlet for me at the time because um, I was working on projects on site um, and I wasn't 
really having to use the right hand side of my brain much. Um, it was all about uh, schedules and details and, and arguments with, with contractors. So it was quite a good way, a kind of creative release. Um, and it was basically just sketches on, on the subway or my lunch break or, or, or when I got home from work. Um, and eventually I moved back up to Glasgow, my, my home city, and I had about three or four sketchbooks. Uh, filled with these ideas and thoughts um, and I actually always intended them to be private um, until uh, I went for an interview to become a, a studio tutor at the McIntosh School of Architecture where, where I, I work now um, and I showed them at the interview and the interviews were, were uh, thought I think just offhand mentioned that I, that I should get them published um, and, and that kind of off an idea in my head where I thought, right, yeah, maybe there is something here um, that I can I can write and, and bring it together. Um, now I, I never actually got the job um, as a studio tutor then, but once the book was published, um, they, they gave me a job. Um, so, yeah, that, that then developed into, I, well, I developed that myself into a book proposal, tried to format it and arrange it and, and sent it out. Uh, to probably a hundred different architectural publishers, um, and I started to get some some interest, um, and eventually, uh, I decided to go with Thames uh, and Hudson, uh, who are based in London and, and New York, and and they were really in, instrumental in in taking this you know random collection of ideas and thoughts, and and really helping me develop them into a, co a coherent narrative uh, which eventually the, the coherent narrative that we that we uh, the common thread through all of these ideas was the concept and the, the idea what what is what is the idea behind your building and how uh, does that idea become strengthened and realized um, throughout the development of a project um, so I mean, to be honest, it, it's quite humbling now talking about it, uh, thinking that a, a few private sketches uh, that started while I was out of work and living at my parents' house and, and the suburbs of Glasgow has now become uh, a worldwide selling book, really, uh, of course, been translated into Korean and, and Chinese and, and, and things like that. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that was essentially the story behind and so I mentioned that the idea of concept should be something any one of us who's gone through architecture school should be familiar with. And so right in the beginning, you do make the case that we're not using the, the idea of concepts correctly. And of course, I read why, but I'll pretend like I didn't. Could you explain to us why you feel that way? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think concept, as you rightly say, uh, it's a term we're all familiar with. Um, and essentially, it, it, it means that the central idea um, behind, behind any, any project. And I think what the book tries to do is, is basically explain that that must be the key component of, of creating architecture. Now, I think often as students, uh, and I see this uh, now, now teaching, um, we're 
focus on this idea and the concept above everything else. But I think once that project developed and uh, more detail is added and, and more things come in, um, the original idea can sometimes be lost and, and that that energy can sometimes dissipate from a project. Um, and then conversely, um, as architects working in practice, I think I've got experience of the fact that, that we can quite easily lose sight of the, the overriding idea or, or concept behind what we do. Um, we spend far too much of our time writing emails and churning out typical details and, and schedules. And I think quite often the central idea of the building can get lost in, in this, this process. And I think uh, just a, a small quote from the book, and I think it's very important, is that um, our ways of working can struggle to keep up with our dreams. Um, but sometimes the dreams aren't even there in the, the first place. So I think this book is really trying to bridge that gap, um, I suppose, for, for students to guide them through the design process and how to maintain the energy and ambition of their original ideas. Um, and also, probably secondarily, I think the, the book is probably mainly aimed at students, but I think for architects in practice as well, um, to inspire them to, to always think about what that central idea behind the project is at every stage of the design process, uh, whether that be a sketch or a master plan, a, a facade study, or, or even the detail of a window, um, to always think about how you are being true to the original concept. Um, and I think just to touch on what you were saying there about the term concept, uh, being misused in architecture, it's almost sometimes uh, used disparagingly. Um, we, we, we talk about concept architects, um, basically architects whose fantasies are, are destined to remain on paper. Um, we talk about conceptual architecture, um, so basically projects that are deliberately designed to be experimental and provocative, but probably never built. Um, and we talk about the concept stage of the design, and that, that, that's actually something that the, the Royal Institute of British Architects use as, as terminology for, for uh, an early stage of the design process, um, where we have you know, nominal wall thicknesses, assumed site constraints, and, and a kind of notional structure. And I think the way we're using it today in architecture is kind of misleading. They suggest that the the idea, the concept, and the built reality are actually uh, separate entities. Um, and I don't think that needs to be the case. So under the idea of you know concepts particularly aimed at students, so of course there are some more literal traditional concepts in here that I do want to ask you about. But one section I came across is some of the more, I guess we'll call them obscure ones, like politics and economy, which are something I don't think anyone has ever tried to sketch, but I can't imagine anything that has more impact on our buildings. So I'd love to hear you elaborate on that in particular a little bit for us. Yeah, I mean, I think I think those, of course, the book is about uh, the ideas behind our, our buildings, but 
our buildings and, and our architecture. Um, but you can't you can't realise these ideas if you don't take into account uh, what you quite rightly describe as probably the two most important aspects that affect architecture. Um, now, these what economy and politics are, are what I would probably call specific concepts. So these are concepts that arise from external conditions of the time uh, in terms of the, 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 the effect how and what and, and why is you, your design, um, along with uh, things like the context, um, the social context, uh, and and uh, more urgent, up to date things that, that affect us, us all um, and affect every every single building that that is built at a certain time. Um, but on top of that, I think there are also universal concepts uh, or effectively eternal concepts um, that these specific context, uh, concepts have to be fed into. So universal concepts would be more uh, about the, the, the kind of eternal search for, for beauty through proportion, scale and form. Um, the honesty of an architecture, how, how it is constructed, and then light, how, how architecture harnesses light. Uh, and these things are timeless. They, they, they can't really be disrupted by things like economy and politics. So you'll see um, throughout the book, um, we kind of go back and forth between these two types of context, uh, co concepts, sorry, um, between the specific ones, like uh, site conditions, economy, politics, and then the universal ones, uh, like uh, there's a chapter about wonder and there's a chapter about scale, there's a chapter about uh, colour um, and rhythm and order. So it's just trying to, trying to introduce students to the fact that there are things that are current and present and urgent. Um, most urgent just now is uh, the climate crisis and, and how we deal with that. But those have to be woven through with the, the timeless ones uh, as well, about, about light and scale and uh, the search for, for, for beauty. So, um, and those, that, those needn't be in opposition. I think they just need to be um, harnessed together um, to really realise the, the potential of, of what, as building designers and, and architects, we, we, can, we can create. Interesting. And so, of course, there's a lot of concepts in here, and I'd love to go through them all, but we just simply wouldn't have the time. And so, you know, of course, you just did a great job explaining some of the more esoteric ideas. But I guess I'd also like to ask, you know, there are some very literal ones. There is, you know, floor, roof, wall which I'm sure anyone at first glance may roll their eyes a little bit and, you know, what can they learn about those ideas? So maybe it's a vague question, but I guess the question I have is, you know, when you present concepts like that, I, I personally know that you show a lot more in there, but what could you tell us about something that we probably feel like we can't learn about? Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think what I tried to do with those particular aspects, I mean, I mean that 
So the book is structured in, in, into four sections. Uh, there's Assess, which is effectively about assessing the world around us and, and uh, trying to understand uh, where architecture's place is within that. Um, there's Analyze, where, where we look at specific um, modus operandi of arch architects and, and uh, also types of architecture. Um, we look at form and function. So we, we're really trying to analyse uh, what it is that we have been taught as architecture students and, and what's important about that. And then the third, chat, uh, the third section, which we're alluding to about floor, wall, roof, ceiling, um, that's entitled Assemble. So, I mean, from the dawn of time till now, all of these elements, uh, floor, wall, door, window, um, have all been essential to, to create architecture. Um, and I didn't, there was no point in me treading over old ground. Um, as you say, everyone would, would roll their eyes and and, uh, and uh, just think, well, what, why is this guy saying things that, that someone else has already said in a better way <laughs> a few hundred years ago or maybe even a few thousand years ago? So what I tried to do with each of these sections was to take a kind of left field view of them uh, and just, just try to think of, of these traditional uh, building elements in a different way. Uh, so for instance, and really sort of focus on one particular aspect that might unlock future potential for future architects. So for instance, in the chapter about the floor, we focus on uh, the high rise building, skyscraper, uh, which actually post-pandemic has become much less uh, fashionable. <laughs> but that, that, that's, the, that's, that, that's the beauty of uh, writing a book. It, it can, can sometimes uh, time can, can move on while the book stays there. But I'm, I'm sure we will we'll, we'll probably build high buildings again, or we're still building high buildings. But basically that, that chapter um, focused on, on how we can create Variety and difference within the floor plate, and not not just make it a, a a standard thing that is a slave to, to how many uh, meters squared or, or square foot of floor space you can you can get your developer. Um, and the section on on the the wall um, looked at uh, things from the border wall um, built between Israel and Palestine to the, the separation uh, between uh, inside and outside in a building. Um, so really trying to trying to think of it in a more uh, expansive and, and uh, current way as well and, and, and look at look at different aspects uh, that affect these elements because as you rightly say, that there's absolutely no point in anyone uh, trying to define exactly what a wall is or exactly what a floor is. Uh, these these things were long built before they were able to be theorised. Um, so it's really just 
hopefully the readers will see when 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 they buy the book or if they've already um, read it that it's a, it's an alternative take on each of these very uh, traditional architectural elements. Great, and so. You know, when you were on last time, I, of course, asked what you've been working on since the book came out. And so since we kind of went through that already, unless you have anything to add, a question I have is, so now that, you know, we've talked twice now. And so, of course, both both of your books, and the last one being the Entering Architectural Practice, both definitely reach a, a wide range of audience. But there is a bit of an emphasis on, I guess we'll say, the student population, at least in my opinion. You can correct me if that's wrong. No, I think, so, I think that's correct. And so the question I have is, you actually kind of alluded that you wrote this book for students, but you weren't even teaching at the time. So what has, what has led you to write more for students versus maybe some others? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think partly, um, and this may be completely apocryphal uh, and, and not, uh, and it, it may truly be hearsay, but um, I... I think students tend to read more architecture books than than, than architects do. Um, I think as an architect, you're you're just too too wrapped up in, in, in what you're doing day to day to really reassess what it is that, that, that you're doing. Um, and I think I, th I think that early gestation period uh, for for a student of architecture. Is, is really important. So I, I suppose it, it, it was my way of, of trying to uh, reach out to, to a slightly wider audience. And I, th I think with, with anything uh, that, that, that you, you do, whether it's learning a language, learning, a, learning an instrument or, or anything like that, the earlier you do it, uh, the more that, that um, I think it was it wasn't necessarily a conscious attempt to focus on a particular market. The publisher may have, may have seen it a, a different way, but um, definitely when I was writing the book, it was purely just my own thoughts on paper, and I, I didn't really when I when I wrote those initial sketches and ideas, I didn't really know or care who was who was actually writing it for, um, and and then. It, it was just thoughts that, that I felt I, I had to get on paper. And I think that, that, that was a really good thing about having a, a publisher like, like Kendon Hudson uh, basically go through the work and, and try and refocus it in a more uh, meaningful way. Um, and I think um, it's, it's naturally led it to be something that uh, students would, would more typically uh, pick up because uh, although there's maybe some some esoteric um, you know, subjects discussed and maybe some alternative viewpoints, it still is very much geared at trying to figure out what architecture is, um, and I think that's really important as a student because by the time you you're, you're an architect, um, the world is already beating you about the head and and kind of forced you to, to think a, a certain way. So I think uh, the earlier you can you can get some alternative and more esoteric viewpoints, the better. Um, and then then I think I think it 
it ties in uh, quite nicely to the second book I wrote. So, so the first book, this book, The Architectural Concept Book, is about what architecture is. And my second book, Entering Architectural Practice, is really about how we practice architecture. And, and those two things, in my view, can't, can't be separated. So, um, yeah, I think, I'm not sure where the, where the trilogy goes after that, but, but we'll, we'll see. Well, it's, a, I, it's only anecdotal evidence, but I know the first architecture book I read after grad school was the first book I did on this podcast like two years ago. So I think, it, I think there's some truth to what you said. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to thank We need to read more. We need to read yeah, more. I, I absolutely agree. So I want to thank you for, for joining me again. Thank you. My pleasure. And to everyone listening, the book is The Architecture Concept Book, as well as his other, uh, James's other book, Entering Architectural Practice. And for all the viewers, thank you for listening and have a great day.